0: And welcome to the Law and Business podcast. We're here with my friend Andromeda Torre. How you doing?
1: I'm so good, and thank you so much for inviting me on to talk to you today. No, no, no,
0: no. thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. And so, and, and, and and by the way, l- let's tell everybody listening. Andromeda is a jazz singer. And uh, where can where can everybody find your your stuff on the web?
1: You can find it at AndromedaToray.com. I'm on Spotify. I'm on iTunes. Wherever you download or stream music, you can find my music. And, yeah, that's
0: it. Well, thank you for coming. And uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, copyright stuff, especially for for the musician, yes. <laughs> especially the musician inside. Well, you've got musicians inside and outside of you. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But there's so many questions about copyright that i think so many musicians will want the answers to and i know that you can help us out so i've got some questions for you today well well
0: hit me with the questions that's what we're here for
1: okay my first question is why do musicians need to copyright their music it can be expensive and i know that you can copyright things as a group or as an individual song like Give us the pitch as to why we should do this.
0: Sure. So in the United States, let's start here. In the United States, without any kind of registration, if there's infringement, you can't file a lawsuit. So I always say with copyright law, <laughs> number one, it's, it's the entry for, for a lawsuit. And really, it's it's a catalog as well. So, if you register every single song, you will be um, uh, filing uh, the composer's name, the date that it, that it was composed, uh, chances are where. And so, in that particular aspect, as you as your career grows, as your catalog grows, your copyright catalog grows. So, you have that that barrier to court. And you have a catalog. So this way, if somebody needs to license something from you, uh, if I'm sure you're, you're, pro, I'm sure uh, a lot of musicians are also members of ASCAP, BMI, or CSAC, and therefore right. they've got to have that catalog in there for licensing as well. Um, y- y- having the copyright registration is kind of the glue to making all of that work. Now, also, besides just entering court. If you have the registration before any infringement happens, you are entitled to at least the potential for more damages. So for example, if you register your song and somebody you know, copies it, whether it's intentional or unintentional, but if somebody copies your song, passes it off as their own, and you get no royalties from it, then... You can file a lawsuit, and you can ask for actual damages, in other words, the lost monies. Um, you can ask for what we call statutory damages, which is an easier counting of those monies, and you can ask for attorneys' fees as well. And this way, um, a <laughs> copyright infringement suit would be worth it. Right now, if you don't file that lawsuit, you will—I mean, if you don't excuse me—file your copyright before the infringement, you are not entitled to. Uh, Statutory damages, and you are not entitled to attorney's fees. You would Mm -hmm. only be, yes, you would only be Mm -hmm. entitled to the actual money that's lost. So, uh, what makes a lot of copyright infringement lawsuits worth it is the ability to say attorney's fees is damages.
1: Right. Now, uh, attached to that, I know that there are. Two different kinds of copyrights for that can be necessary for each song. So if I write a song and then I record it, I need to copyright both the like the score, the actual song and the recording. Do I need to do that every time or
0: well, well, need is always a need is always an interesting question with copyright law. Yeah,
1: <laughs> well, I know that it's it's twice as much money if you have to register it. Twice, that is correct. Which can be an obstacle for a lot of musicians, sure. Especially during coronavirus times, um, so many of my musician friends are at, stuck at home and creating catalogs of work, right? And and recording them at home yes. and putting them out there. If they have to pay for both the song copyright and the recording copyright. That can pile up quite quickly.
0: I understand that completely. Uh, but the short answer is yes, and and the reason for that <laughs> is is because well, it's set up by statute. There are two separate types of, of recordings. There is the the uh, there is the uh, registration on the song, mm-hmm. on the score. However, you'd like to think about that, and there is the um, what some people colloquially call the mechanical. Uh, um, <laughs> copyright registration, so the registration on the sound recording itself. There are a couple reasons for this. Number one, um, if you write something, you have the right to control who records it first. Um, but if you record a song, other people can cover the song, and under the statute, there is a forced cover, For the uh, for the song, so that means anybody else can go and record the song, and then you know either directly to the composer or through ASCAP, BMI, or SESAC, take uh, uh, the the, you know take the sales and and make sure that those royalties are paid. So, um, but your sound recording is going to be totally different than the sound recording from somebody else, but. The, the system that the statute, has set, the statute and the clearinghouses have set up um, help to alleviate this particular issue of you saying, no, you can't cover a song, we allow songs to be covered, and the royalties to flow as well, fairly okay. automatically. So that's why the sound recording and the composition are two different copyrights. Okay. Because um... it is still the same composition, even if oh, the recordings cool. are different. So
1: yeah. And so then if I, because um, a lot of artists like myself think of albums conceptually, and so say you write eight to 10 songs that are like a group of songs for an album. Is it still better to copyright each song individually for the album, or can you copyright it as a group of songs? <laughs> and What is the difference in court? So if somebody infringes on one of those songs and I have to go fight them in court, is it worse if I copyright it in a group?
0: Well, my general philosophy is, is yes, it's worse to do the collection as one collection rather than each one separately. And and the reason for that is, is because number one, uh, if somebody infringes a song, they're not infringing 10 songs. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't want to open up the argument that there's, um, maybe from a fair use standpoint or something else to that effect that, um, you know, X percentage of a work was infringed instead of a hundred percent or something to that effect.
1: Ah, I so, understand.
0: so, so number, so number one, I want, if, if a song is infringed, I want to be able to say a song is infringed. Um, the other part's a little trickier and a little more um, uh, subtle. And that is, is that if it's a work, that's a part of a collection, and ultimately it really, you know, 10 songs is, you take 10 songs as a collection and that's an album or 12 songs or whatever the case might be. Um, and in, in the case where only the collection is filed, there still is the chance. And you, and you leave yourself open for the argument of, well, the song itself is not registered. Only the entire collection is got it and 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 i'd rather if you're going to walk into court i'd rather that you be rock solid about every single work one work one infringement uh uh, one registration excuse me now if you you, then you want to take the 10 because they are in a collection and that collection is then registered because you've got other things as a part of that like artwork um you know lyrics credits whatever the case might be and then you file that collection as a whole
1: on top of it
0: right that's exactly how that's exactly how the big boys are, are are doing it because it's um this way you have multiple registrations over a work um and if somebody infringes you hit them multiple times
1: i love it get all the money (laughs) (laughs)
0: That doesn't mean you're getting multiple times of damages, but, but you try, but you try, you try. You have to put that effort into it.
1: That's right. So now my question is now that we have individually copyrighted all of our works, how long does that copyright last us?
0: Oh, the fun question. So (laughs) under the 1978 Act, and if you want answers for prior to 1978, trust me when I say I keep a cheat sheet on my computer, because that is so complex that it requires a chart. So I I can't even keep, I can't keep pre-78 in my head. So Mm -hmm. after 1978, a registration on a copyright lasts either 75 years after the death of the author, if the author owns the copyright. Yeah, maybe it's a little too long, but we'll get to that in a minute. Or, (laughs) if a company or a corporation owns it, Mm -hmm. 120 years after the date of registration.
1: How come a company or a corporation has more rights than the composer?
0: Ah, but... When you think about it, it's 120 years from publica- from the date of the registration. If a company or, or composer, if a company or, or uh, corporation, uh, owns yes. it. Okay. 75, seventy-five years, years after, after the guy. death. Okay. Right. Generally, we're thinking that kind of years out. Okay. But 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 now the reason why it's so long is because um, in the mid-90s, there was a guy you may have heard of. His name is uh, Sonny Bono. I don't know if you've heard of Sonny Bono before.
1: Karen Sonny, (laughs) of course. I got you, babe.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, Sonny, if you remember, was also Congressman Sonny Bono. from. That's right, from California at the time. His big piece of legislation is. is, of course, the Sonny Bono Copyright Term Extension Act because in the 90s, a little company called Disney had a little thing called Steamboat Willie uh, that was going to be entering the public domain. Uh, so the Copyright Term Extension Act extended anything, um, any and all copyrights at the time uh, out to the term that we, say, that we stated that it is now. Um, now, now the, the big question is that I think it's, uh, I forget if it's 2021 or 2022, but uh, Steamboat really will be expiring and going into the public domain, and it doesn't seem as if Congress well, it doesn't seem as if Congress wants to do anything. But I don't think that extending the, the length of copyrights is going to be high on the list of priorities. Now, so then uh, it
1: would go into free domain.
0: Uh, so yes, so so we're talking about we're talking about not the character, but we're right, talking right. about the work itself would go into <laughs> the public domain. Um, and so yeah, that's going to have some interesting long-term effects. But um, just just to let you know, there were people who did sue, uh, stating that the length uh, was uh, the length of the Copyright Term Extension Act was too long, mm-hmm. and uh, the Supreme Court ruled nine nothing that the uh, uh, the Constitution says that it's for limited times. Right. And as long as there's a number on it, so here it says one hundred twenty years, or the life of the author plus seventy five. Those are definite times, yeah. and therefore it's uh, it, it is constitutional.
1: So my question in, in following up is that, and when things go into public domain, when do they go into public domain? Um, is there like a cutoff year where like you can cover any any works composed before then, or do you always have to check? To see if it's like seventy-five years after. <laughs>
0: well, well, you you yeah, do need right. Well, you do need to check because, like I said, any work that was done before nineteen seventy-eight is under a totally different uh, uh, scheme. So uh, right,
1: but I mean, I sing jazz, so most sure. of the popular jazz songs were written like between nineteen twenty uh, and nineteen sixty. So well, if I just do a quick Google search to see what year. Are there is there like a cutoff where I know, oh, the song was written in whatever year I can use Um
0: it. probably nineteen twenty.
1: Okay. So Yeah,
0: you know, probably everything before That's 19- probably fine. Yeah, probably probably everything before nineteen twenty is going to be in the in the public domain. Um I mean between twenty and seventy seven. It's it's seriously the chart is ridiculous. Um, what
1: about classical music that was written? Like, if I wanted to do like an well, old
0: Beethoven song, well, sure. I mean, obviously they're they're in the public domain. So, oh, see, yes. I didn't know that. Yes, well, I mean, copyright law um, might have started shortly after Shakespeare with what we call the Statute of Anne in the fifteen hundreds, mm-hmm. but it surely was not robust and it surely wasn't meant to last 300 years. if anything uh, you know even today we're talking about how today's you know length is is maybe too long yeah. so um, but but yeah no, no. stuff like that is is certainly in the public domain.
1: Does my work have to be published before I can copyright it?
0: No, you can register your copyright before you publish your work.
1: And then how long does it take? Once I like submit my paperwork. So if I fill out my paperwork and, and well, it's not even paperwork anymore. It's all online. If yes. I type in <laughs> my <laughs> submission and hit it and say it's Monday and my album comes out on Friday, I'm sure that it takes some time to process it. Um, if somebody infringes my music, would I be protected from the date that I filed it?
0: Um. So, yes, you're going to be protected from the date that that you filed it. Um, What I would say is that if you think that there is infringement already happening and Mm -hmm. that's, um, you know, (laughs) and then the question is, is it too late? But if there is, you probably should spend the money for an expedited guarantee registration.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. You know, so that's uh, and and basically what what I mean by that is hopefully you will get your expedited registration in a couple weeks rather oh, than great. yeah i i mean it's expensive What's as normal in, time um <laughs> it's supposed to be three months oh, but wow. let's 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 be honest for it's the federal government the library of congress is the most well-funded part of the yeah. of the government of the federal government as as well-funded as it is um and you know we're still of course in in a You know in a pandemic where a lot of people are working from home and while believe it or not uh the library of congress has done a good job of making the transition Mm -hmm. not as good as the patent and trademark office but the library of congress has made a good job of of having that transition there still is a lot of um actual paper that the library of congress does uh deal with so Mm -hmm. it's it's probably going to be a little longer let's you know right now than than the normal times. Yeah, the normal times. But but even still, it? normal times isn't always a guarantee. Like that three i I've had I've had stuff come back to me a year later and I'm like, oh, oh wow. I totally forgot I filed that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. How can I get an international copyright? And is that even necessary?
0: Country by country. By have to
1: go country. country by country.
0: There is country. no such thing as an international copyright, an international trademark. Um that's crazy. So if so, I write
1: a song mm-hmm. and I register it with the Library of Congress here in the United States, right. and I've registered my score and I've registered my recording, and someone in Poland decides <laughs> I'm going to infringe this song, there's nothing I can do about
0: it. That that, yes, oh. yes. So um, oh, <laughs> now oh, um, you you now what you need to look up. Um, are the rules in every single country? By the way,
1: I you know there's a lot of countries out there.
0: I know that. I know that. Now, in some countries, and and this does include, um, uh, you know, and let me let me let me let me take back my second half of that statement that I was going to say. But in many countries, copyright protection is automatic. There isn't the registration that the United States requires. So, um, you know, in your specific question, since I'm not a lawyer in Poland. I don't know the answer to that particular. Well I just question. picked
1: Poland because there's a jazz radio station in Poland. That's one of the few international stations that <laughs> plays my music. So that's why I picked that country.
0: But what what I would say is is that um many many European countries do um do enforce copyright protection without the registration. So um you know like I said, um You've got to be able to check every country for their rules. But but they're you know, I know the United States is a bit of an outlier on the requirement for registration, but that's how the US statute has always been.
1: Okay. Is there a way to copyright your music for free? Or I've heard of this poor man's
0: copyright. No, 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 no. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm stopping you there. No. Okay, yeah. I love you, my friend, but you know, no. That
1: was okay. <laughs> A very totalitarian
0: answer. I don't mean to be totalitarian, but um, no, the, the the only way to get the copyright registration is to be register. Yeah.
1: Okay, and can I use a stage name to register my copyright? Because I still work under my maiden name, but legally I have a different last name. I have my husband's last name.
0: Yes, you can. You can. Uh, you can register uh, uh, under a pseudonym. Um, you probably will be filing it under both names um, yeah. at that point, but but you know what? In your particular case, um, I wouldn't sit here and say that that's that that's a pseudonym. I mean, it's it's your maiden name; it still is your name. And legally, <laughs> so,
1: and legally, it's my my maiden name. Last name is my middle name now. Right? So.
0: Yeah. So I mean, that that's not that that's not that big of a deal. I mean, you could probably still you could still register everything under your maiden name. And be okay um you know if somebody does go under an actual stage name right. um they they can do they can file but you're probably going to be filing under both the stage name and your real name
1: okay and then there's copyright and there's trademarks and there's patents what is the difference
0: well as you can tell we've been talking about music here so copyright yes. law generally protects works of art uh these days we throw computer programs in because code kind of if you take code and then just look at it it's words on a page it might not mean anything unless you can read it yourself but it's words on a page so we treat that as a literary work just like a book or a magazine yeah um but but traditionally copyright law protects works of art Trademark law protects brandi- branding. Anything that, that you think would fall under branding, that's a trademark. And mm-hmm. Patents protect any kind of uh, inventions. That's what we would call a useful invention.
1: Um, can you copyright ideas or like intellectual property, say like a curriculum that you come up with?
0: There is no protection for an actual idea. Uh, copyright law protects the expression of the idea. And that's the the best that you're going to be able to do. So if you you create something, uh, basically you have to be able to put it on a medium for copyright law to work its magic.
1: Wow, I never knew that. So you could essentially, because I know a lot of musicians right now are making money by teaching online and they've come Mm -hmm. up with their own individual courses. Sure. There's no way to... Make sure that another musician doesn't watch their course and then take their idea and sell it to other well, people.
0: Well, let's let's say that, let 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 me answer that question this way. Mm-hmm. If if somebody registers the, the the either the video for that curriculum for that for that course mm-hmm. or their notes, you know, and, and for that for that course, and I would recommend that they file both, actually. Mm -hmm. um there's going to be protection for it
1: right there's something in place
0: yes but the question is is how strong is that protection because when you're dealing with teaching how things work and you're dealing with the actual um the actual way that things work Mm -hmm. and with music i mean it's all you know to take it to a phys- physical level it's all based on on the wavelength of every single note and you know a sixth is a sixth and that's not going to be changing and a fifth is a fifth and that's not going to be changing
1: this is true
0: and <laughs> no matter if juilliard requires you to start at music theory you know one if you're going in for a master's or a doctorate um, <laughs> none of those none of those concepts are actually changing um and so how many ways are there to say and state those particular ideas? And therefore, the copyright might only protect this particular expression of those ideas. In other words, okay. that specific curriculum. So that if somebody goes and uses the exact same words and it's basically plagiarism, you know what we would colloquially define as plagiarism, okay, then you've got something there. If there's enough changed that it's a different expression of the same ideas or how many ways are you going to to express the same ideas? That's, that's going to be a big question in, in, in the, um, in the enforcement of something like that.
1: Great. And then I have another question.
0: I figured you would, (laughs) but we're going to have to make this one the last one.
1: Okay. That's fine. Okay. My last question is there. <laughs> I know that there are some musicians who own or copy, have copywritten or trademarked their likeness, their own image. Is it necessary to do that? And what does that mean? If there's a musician that has copywritten their image and you take a selfie with them, can you post it on your Instagram?
0: Um, so when you're dealing with photographs, uh, there are, generally with a lot of photographs multiple rights involved so there's the right of the photograph you know the copyright in the photograph and -hmm. if there are people in the photograph every single person has a right to his or her own name image and likeness as you you, a phrase you've probably heard everyone Um,
1: does or only if they've specific no everybody everybody everybody. does
0: everybody does everybody does yes but um how those are treated by state laws, because that's not a federal issue, are totally different between, yes, if somebody's famous or if somebody is not famous. Um, So uh, it's going to depend on who's in the photograph um, and, and what the purpose is of the photograph. So in, some, in a situation like that, if it's you and, and, you know, somebody famous who you, you guys, you know, were at a show together or something and you, you took your picture, you know, you took a picture that I posted on Instagram and you said, look, I had a fun night. Great. Um, if you're taking the picture of somebody walking out of the pharmacy and that person is holding, you know, bags from the pharmacy because that person just shopped at the pharmacy and then the pharmacy buys the photograph from the paparazzo who took it and then you know start saying look who shops at our pharmacy yes this happened two years ago and yes then that's going to be a violation because of 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 the name image and likeness uh statutes most likely so 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 yeah they're going to be depending on the purpose depending on the the, you know who it is there's going to be a whole bundle of rights in there to uh to think
1: about I just learned that I own something for free. <laughs> <laughs> my own likeness. So thank you for that. Well, you're will go finish copywriting all of my songs. <laughs>
0: I didn't mean to scare
1: all you. <laughs> no, you didn't scare me. You informed me and I
0: appreciate it. All right. Well, well, look, thanks for coming on and asking the bunch of questions. Anytime. All right. Well, this has been the Law and Business Podcast. Uh, you can visit Bernalaw at Bernalaw.com and Andromeda, your website one more time
1: andromedatouray.com.
0: There you go. Thank you, my friend, for coming on.
1: Anytime.